Happy Monday. Well, today, friends, I just, I have this pressing on my heart. I have this urgency in my spirit, and I'm just going to come to you and lay it all out because I believe that today the Lord has a word for you, and I am just simply here to share it. And I pray that this message will, one, encourage you, but secondly, convict you. I want you to feel something that you haven't felt in such a long time that propels you forward into big, audacious action on your call, on your purpose, and on whatever piece of God's big puzzle that you hold in your hands, that you start to run with it that today's message is everything that you need to believe that you have everything inside of you to step up, to rise up, and to do big, amazing, incredible things while we're here, while we have this chance, while we have this one life to leave a legacy. Get ready. We're going there. Hey friend, do you want to grow your online business and actually make more money? Are you sick of feeling pressure to constantly show up on social media or be tied to your phone 24-7? Do you wish you had more time to be present with your kids without worrying about your business falling apart? There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can make money, grow your audience, and still have balance in your life and business. Hey, I'm Steph Gass, Christian business and podcast coach, boundary boss, and multi-six-figure CEO. Want to learn how I did it? Go refill your iced coffee, because I'm about to teach you how to take your online business to the next level with God at the center of it all. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. Can you think of some times when you knew you were supposed to take action? You knew that there was something that you should do or that you were you were called to do or whatever that might have looked like and you came up with every excuse not to do it can you think of one two or three examples of that write them down now i want you to look at your paper i want you to look at what you wrote down you know i could think of a couple of instances for myself where I knew I was supposed to do something. I knew I was supposed to take action, but I didn't either do it fast enough or I avoided it. I made excuses around it and I held myself back. Now, thankfully, two of the three things I did end up doing. And what's interesting about this is that two of these things that I wrote on my paper, well, I'll just share them with you. We're going to be vulnerable today. So let's just, let's just go there. The first one I wrote down was I, I had this situation happen with a friend of mine back when, when I was in network marketing, and we ended up having a really bad falling out um, as the company was kind of falling apart. She ended up going to another network marketing company, and she was meeting with all of my top um, my top producers, and she was going to be taking them with her to this other company, and she didn't tell me about this, have conversation with me about this. And we ended up yelling at each other. Obviously, at that time, I was still drinking. So we had both been drinking. We ended up having a huge fight in the middle of a casino. And we were no longer friends. And that went on. We did not speak to each other for years. 
And I remember it weighing on my spirit so heavily, especially as I started to get closer to God and talk to him about it. And I kept feeling this like heaviness, like you need to forgive her. You need to forgive her and you need to have a conversation. And so I remember one day, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were at my husband's family cabin and I'm walking around outside on the balcony and I just, I heard God say now. And so I got my phone out. I found her Facebook account and I sent her a voice memo and I just said that I was so sorry about the way things had gone. Obviously, I wasn't even in network marketing anymore. It was completely ridiculous how serious I had been, I had taken it, how I had allowed something like that to crush a friendship. And I was just so sorry. And she immediately wrote back and said, oh, I forgave you a long time ago. I'm sorry too. And I felt this immediate like rush of just peace drop in. And it was almost like this weight that I'd been carrying around, God took it and just threw it off the balcony. And I felt free and I felt light. And I knew that this beautiful gift of forgiveness, it wasn't for her, it was for me. And so what I'm sharing that story with you, because we have to take action in our lives the second that we feel convicted because there's fruit on the other side of your yes. And so I'm carrying this weight around in my pocket and my soul and my spirit for years when all I have to do is say I'm sorry and swallow my pride and move past my ego and make it not about myself, but about someone else. And so another one I have is I really avoid hard conversation. So there's been lots of little small things that I will put away um, that I don't want to bring up because I don't like confrontation. So I'll, especially my personal life. In my business, you guys, I have been called a, I think this is like maybe a little harsh, but I've been called a cutthroat businesswoman. <laughs> I've been called somebody who is direct to the point, you know, a powerful strong business mind. Like I'm not afraid of confrontation in my business, but in my personal life, I hate it. I do not want to disrupt the peace with my kids, with my husband, with my friendships. So I will avoid hard conversation in that aspect. And so same thing, I've been avoiding some hard conversations around getting some more help in my house for years. And I mean, silly stuff like laundry or dishes or whatever, And I finally had that conversation years, I'm talking like a decade into my, you know, relationship. My kids are old enough at this point, like what the heck? Have this conversation, it's immediately fixed. It's immediately remedied, like everybody helps now. And I'm just thinking to myself, why do we wait on small stuff and create this mountain out of a molehill and instead of taking action on it we come up with all these narratives and these reasons why we shouldn't have the conversation why we shouldn't take action and then the second that we finally do it and we get that inkling of bravery and we just go for it there's fruit it's immediately blessed it's immediately blessed and there's always this gift of God on this other side of us doing the thing we're avoiding doing So now I want you to write on your paper, if you have not done the thing you wrote down on the paper yet, I want you to write down why. What's the fear that's tied to the 
inaction, the inactivity. For me, it was tied to the first one of not being able to say I'm sorry. That was tied to my ego and an admission that I had done something wrong. So that's immediately tied to ego and taking responsibility for being wrong, which sucks when you don't want your ego to be bruised. The second one, having hard conversations about getting help, that is also, I could say, tied to ego, right? Like, oh man, I can do everything by myself. It's also tied to a fear of confrontation. But here's what we know. We know that Jesus had to have very difficult conversations with people in order for things to move forward and in order for things to change. Jesus had to do some absolute hard things, including hard conversation. Let's look at a few scriptures that prove this. James, from James 2, 17 and 18, faith without works is dead. This is basically, it's not saying that we have to work for our faith. It's saying that we can have big faith, but we have to do something about it. We have to take that faith and we have to start to display the faith. We have to act the faith out. We want something to change. We want the mustard, the faith as big as a mustard seed to move the mountain. We actually have to pray for it. We have to take action. We have to rise up. We have to do something with the faith. John, 1 John 3, 17 through 18, talks about love without deeds is dead. Look, we have to actually show how much we love people. We have to make time for them. We have to have conversation with them. We have to love people enough to forgive them. We have to love people enough to tell them when we need help, to tell them when they're messing up. We have to love people enough to do hard things. And we have to also sacrifice all this stuff that we don't want to sacrifice in order to display love. And then we have Paul, Romans 6, 12 through 14. And this gives you the concept that grace without holiness is dead. We can say that we have grace, but do we? Do we really have grace for people who aren't as far in their walk as we are? Do we have grace for people who are sinners? And do we still love them and encourage them and show up for them even though we hate the sin that they're living in? What does our grace walk actually look like? And then we have Jesus in Matthew 7, 21, where the concept is that discipleship without obedience is dead. We can tout and spit scripture all day long, but until we live out the scripture that we spit, those words land flat. We have to actually be obedient, be disciplined, be action takers. We can't just point at other people and judge them for not taking action. We can't just point at other people and rebuke them for their decision. We have to actually become everything it is that we say. So if our action is a representation of our faith, of our love, of our grace, and of our discipleship, we have to rise up. We have to take action. And friends, we have to do it right now. Like right now. I've been listening. I don't know if I am just on one lately or what my deal is, but I absolutely love Jimmy Evans. I've read his marriage books. He's amazing. I truly believe in, in him as a follower of Christ. And I read his book, The Tipping Point, a couple of years ago. 
Now, God led me to the book because I was not looking for a book like that. I was not looking for end times. I'm not super into eschatology because it freaked me out, to be honest. But God literally showed me this book when I wasn't searching for it. So I listened to this book. It made a huge difference in my mindset around taking action. Now, whether we're in the end of the end times or not, feel free to believe whatever you believe and have these conversations with God. I believe there are way too many clues and way too many things that are scripturally coming true that prove we are in the end of the end times right now to ignore it. It put a pressing on my spirit to go. I've never heard go louder in my life than right now. And there are some things that I've been waiting on one is, as you guys have heard, you know, one is writing writing the book. I knew that I was supposed to write a book from the age of seven. I don't know if it's one book. I don't know if it's more books. I know I'm supposed to do it. I wrote 15,000 words. I shared it with one person and then I put it away. And I went to this conference a couple of weeks ago and I heard God so loud, so clearly telling me, you have to write it right now. Like you don't have the time to not write this book. And do you guys understand how crazy frustrating it is to not know what the book is that God's asking me to write? I have now, I think I have 30,000 words or something, but like it's just a bunch of stories and I don't know how it goes together. I don't understand what the core message is. All I know is I'm supposed to write this book for you guys and it's God's book and there's a message and he needs me to share it. And I have no idea (laughs) how and what it is, right? And so why I share all of this with you is that there are crazy things happening and they are happening really quickly. They are happening so quickly. How many of you know someone whose marriage is under attack right now? Raise your hand. How many of you know someone who's passed away strangely without explanation from a strange illness like or somebody who's been diagnosed with something, raise your hand. How many of you can sense that something is shifting in the world with everything that's going on, that the evil in the world is ramping up at this crazy rate? How many of you can sense that the goodness in the world at the same time is ramping up? I've never looked around more restaurant restaurants and seen people praying as I have in the last six months. I'm at a, I'm at a secular conference And every speaker on the stage is talking about God and Jesus. I'm watching American Idol and and people are singing gospel songs and the judges are talking about God. Like the it's like it's happening, people, right? Like the good and the evil of the and who knows how long we have. Maybe we have a thousand years. I have no idea. All I'm saying is like, I am not going to be the one to say I did not take action. I did not move. I did not go when the Lord said go. So I'm going and I'm going to, I am going to trust that God's going to give me the way. Okay. So the next thing I want you to write on your sheet of paper is one to three things that you are supposed to do right now. I want you to write it down. Don't think, don't stop yourself get the pen, write it down. What are the things you're supposed to do right now that God's impressing on you right this moment? Is it 
start speaking? Is it launch the podcast? Is it write the book? Is it say I'm sorry? Is it go visit your estranged family member? Is it to tell your kids you love them even though you guys had a fight? Like, what are you supposed to do right now? Right now, in the name of Jesus, this call is on you to do this thing and you're supposed to go. What is it? Write it down. Write the second. Listen, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about it because everything will come against you to keep you from moving forward on that thing that you just wrote down or those things that you just wrote down. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to rip apart your marriage, your friendships, the church, the body of Christ, the call on your life, the podcast you want to start, the book you haven't written, the I'm sorry that you're scared to give. He wants you to not move. The enemy wants you to stay quiet, stay stuck, and stay small. That's how he wins. He cannot win when we are together in oneness, in our marriages, in our families. He can't win when you are surrounded by godly mentors in your life that are going to propel you forward. He can't win when you're in the word, babe. He can't win. The only way he wins is by sneaking into your thoughts, your mind, and your heart and whispering lies over you and to you that you aren't enough, that you can't do it, that you don't deserve it, that you're okay on your own, that it's better if you don't say anything, that somebody already did that. I rebuke those lies over your life in the name of Jesus, and you should rebuke them too. Those have no room in go. They have no room in your life. And so we are going to cast that out, and we're going to go ahead and take massive action right now. You were born for such a time as this. Esther tells us that we were born right now, divinely, on purpose, for whatever you wrote down on that paper, and it's for right now. It's for immediate action. I want, I want to show you something that I think is so super cool. Okay, the word immediately is found 79 times in the New Testament. And the word immediately actually is a Greek word called euthies. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's E-U-T-H-Y-S. That is the Greek word for immediately. Now, this word can be translated into a few things. One is straight. One is at once. One is immediately And if you want an even more direct translation, it can be by the straight road, go straight forward, level ground, right, upright. So what is so interesting is that if we are told 70, let's see, what is it? 79 times in the New Testament immediately, which means youthies, it means we have to go at once. We have to go straight. We have to go up. We have to get there, right? We need to take this action right now. This is so important because what Mark is actually sharing in most of these youthies or immediately's are used inside of the Gospels and Acts. And so what Mark is saying is that Jesus is a servant of God. So Jesus didn't just overthink about things. Jesus didn't sit there and think about his call to ministry. Jesus didn't, you know, make up excuses as to why now's not a great time, God. I'm not really feeling like this is 
the time to go shine and the time to go do all this stuff that I probably feel unequipped for. No, Jesus took massive action, but he didn't take action on his own. This is what I wanted to get to today in this conversation with you. You are going to feel unqualified. You are going to feel like you are not equipped. You are going to be scared. You're not going to know the how. You're going to all that the enemy can only attack you, right? The enemy comes in and he grabs hold of your mind and your heart and your beliefs and he gets you to stay small, stuck and stagnant. But the enemy, when you're in oneness with Holy Spirit, cannot take you out, right? Because Jesus did not take action on his own. Otherwise, he would have he could have very well failed, right? The enemy came to tempt Jesus. The enemy tempted him. He said, you know, jump off the cliff and God says he'll catch you. And are you sure you want to do this? And the enemy's there in the garden. He's whispering to Jesus this whole time. But Jesus took action anyway because he wasn't taking action on his own by his flesh. He was taking action through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a servant to the Lord. He did not elevate himself above all other people. Jesus did not go and take action so that he could be the best and he could make the biggest impact and he could make the most loaves out of the like piece of bread, right? Like Jesus took action for God, for God. So he was not passive in the sense of, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to do this stuff. He, he took big audacious action because it wasn't actually about Jesus at all. It was about God's plan for him and the way that Jesus came in as a puzzle piece to this beautiful masterpiece that God was creating. So all that Jesus had to do was take big, massive action through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told Jesus what to do. He told him how to take immediate action, how to take straight action. And it was the Holy Spirit that made Jesus the servant who was able to act immediately. And because Jesus took this crazy awesome action and said, prepare the way, Lord, make my path straight, he didn't even have to worry about the how. All Jesus had to do was give God his yes and then take the next step. That's all he had to do. The message is here and it's very clear and it's very, very simple, friend. The message is, is that you have been created right now for a time such as this. The thing that you wrote on your paper that you have not done yet is a direct instruction from the Lord over your life. You don't have to understand how it plays into his master plan, but you do have to know that the, that the fact that you wrote it down means that God has planted it inside of your spirit and you have to take immediate youthy's action on it. I want you right now to remember that you don't have to, to know or carry any of this. The path is already straight. The people are already there. The plan is already written. It's all up to you and your partnership with Holy Spirit to say, God, I am willing. God, I am ready Maybe I don't feel ready, but I'm ready because I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me and I can do anything through you who give me strength, Lord. And then you go and right now, today, you do the first thing. You do the first thing. Guys, I am writing a book that I don't know what it's about. 
I'm writing. I'm putting my fingers on the keyboard and I'm getting it done. And however God needs to use it and put it together and reconstruct it and whoever he's going to bring me to help me bring it to the world, however he's going to give me clarity, that's up to God. All I can do is write, you know? If you wrote on the paper that you need to say sorry to somebody, the only thing you can control is picking up the phone and saying it. Whatever happens next is not up to you and it doesn't matter. All you have to do is the thing that God said to do in the best of your ability and know that he will take care of the rest. When I get to heaven, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to know that I took immediate action on the things that God asked me to do. That I did not think twice because I had the courage and the confidence and the knowing that it wasn't about me at all. That it was all about him, his master plan, bringing people to Christ and showing people that they could and that they can and that they will because it's all that we have. It's all of our purposes. All of our purposes right now is simply doing the things that God's equipped us to do so that we can show up in our faith, so that we can show up in all of these different, in love, in grace, in discipleship, in obedience, and so that we can show up for God. I believe in you. I know that there is something you are called to do. And I am telling you, today is the day that you do it. And I pray that God will give you so much courage and strength and heart. I pray that your mind will be healed from any of the lies that the the enemy has spoken. Any belief that's been wired into your mind would be completely healed right now. In the name of Jesus, that the blood of the blood of Christ would be over you and your household and your marriage and your relationships and your parenting and your church, your technology, your business, your finances. I pray a mighty border around you and yours. I pray that the Lord would put up a fortress between you and the enemy and you would be completely untouchable. That whatever you set out to do today, by the grace of God, by the power of God, by the belief that he has everything that you need, would be amplified, would be, would blossom, would flourish, would grow, would become a legacy far beyond you. That the work that you do would touch people generationally. That the work that you do today would not return void for you that it would bring peace and refreshing and purpose into your spirit and into your soul. And I just pray all of that in the mighty name of Jesus. I love you guys. I'm cheering for you. Go. Go, mighty warrior. May God bless you. I'll see you soon. Friend, if you are ready to use your voice to bring a message to the world, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a gift that you have, whether it's some way that you teach people to do something, I want you to know that you cannot wait another day to start your podcast. The impact, the ripple effect that is made 
when incredible kingdom women and men come to the microphone and start bringing a message all across the world, reaching people in their homes and their cars and touching lives is so infinitely bigger than you. This is a mission that I cannot stop chasing. My mission is to get each and every one of you to start to bring your gifting and your heart to the world through podcasting. I believe in you. I know that there is something on your heart that you are meant and called to share. And I think today is the day that you start moving forward on this dream to have your very own podcast in the world. Go and watch my free workshop, podcastforgrowth.com, or better yet, just come and join the Stephanie Gass School so I can walk alongside you through this journey. All of those details are at stephaniegass.com slash school. Did you have fun or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a business breakthrough? It would also bless me big if you'd take 30 seconds and leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, come watch my free workshop where I'll teach you how to grow your online business in less than two hours a week using podcasting. Watch right now at podcastforgrowth.com. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.